Most Christian groups, including Oneness Pentecostals, believe in celebrating the Lord's Supper. But how frequently should this celebration be observed? Stay tuned to hear Dr. David K. Bernard's answer to this important question. Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first-century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Communion, or the Lord's Supper, was one of the sacraments of the Christian church, of course, as you know. And we know it was implemented by Jesus himself on the night before he was crucified. Most Christian groups, of course, observe the Lord's Supper, including Catholics, most Protestant groups, and most Pentecostals. The question is, there's, and there's a lot of debate about this, how frequently should we celebrate communion? So on the one hand, we have Christian groups like the Catholic Church that celebrate communion or mass every single Sunday. And then on the other hand, we have some that celebrate much less frequently than that. Does the Bible give us any clues as to how frequently the first century Christians celebrated communion? And how frequently do you feel like that one is Pentecostal should observe the Lord's Supper? Well, first of all, let me say that communion is a very important doctrine of the church. And I think sometimes we don't emphasize it as much as we should. Now, there are two extremes that I think we should avoid. On the one hand, the Roman Catholic Church teaches that the, the elements of the bread and the fruit of the vine actually turn into the physical body and blood of Jesus. So that when they celebrate what they call the Mass— it's actually a new sacrifice of Jesus. And in fact, after the priest says the prayer of consecration, that people are to actually worship those elements as Jesus. They're to adore and worship uh, these elements because they're no longer elements. That's Jesus. Well, I think that is, is clearly false. Uh, one example would be when, when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, he said, this is my body, this is my blood. And so that's how the Catholic Church says, well, literally, this is. But when he said that to his disciples, his body was standing before them. His blood was still coursing through his veins. So they obviously knew, no, that's not his physical body and blood. But he's saying this represents my body that's going to be broken for you and my blood that's going to be shed for you. The opposite extreme would be to say it's merely a symbol. Um, while that is symbolic, as I've just described it, it's not merely a symbol, and here's why not. I think when we participate, the Lord comes spiritually in a special way. He honors our faith. Now, this is not the only way the Lord comes, obviously. Anytime we pray, we can have the presence of the Lord. But when we contemplate Christ's sacrifice for us, and we seek to apply the benefits of his sacrifice to our lives, and then we celebrate his second coming, because part of that Communion is, uh, as as the Apostle Paul explained in 1 Corinthians 11, we do show or we represent the Lord's death until he comes. And Jesus, when he instituted the Lord's Supper, said, I'm not going to drink of this with you again until I do it in the kingdom of God. So even Jesus said, this is pointing towards the second coming. So it looks back, it looks back to the cross, but it looks forward to the second coming. So therefore, we can expect whenever we have that intensity of thinking of Christ's sacrifice applied to our lives and thinking about his coming again, looking forward to that, 
and we have faith, then Christ comes in a very real and personal way spiritually. And that's why uh, we should take advantage of this opportunity for forgiveness, for healing, for deliverance. And so we believe Christ is spiritually present. Now, given all that, uh, I think the, the, the Lord's Supper should be celebrated as a, in a prominent way in our churches. Now, if you try to identify how often, I would say the, the Bible doesn't say specifically. In fact, again, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul simply says, as often as you do it. So he doesn't say how often. But uh, if you think of the Lord's Supper being based on the Passover, the Passover was celebrated once a year. So that, I think, a minimum should be once a year. Now, uh, Catholics and other some Protestants celebrate every week. It's a central part of their service because, uh, at least for the Catholics, they look at it as an ongoing sacrifice. It helps you with your sins. So naturally, they want to do it every time. So I think that's too often. I think that turns it into either a false concept as if it is the most important element of the service, um, and it also maybe trivializes it because if you don't take that serious of a view, um, and you say it's symbolic, well, then it just becomes a ritual that you repeat over and over. It loses its significance. So my concern about having it every week would be uh, diminishing the significance or turning it into a ritual or a ceremony, uh, displacing other elements. Uh, we want to have plenty of time for worship, preaching, prayer, and and not just uh, let the, the, the service become a ritual. So in other words, I would say somewhere in the middle. Now, if you look at Acts chapter 2, it indicates that uh, they celebrated quite frequently. Of course, when they talk about breaking a bread, I think it can mean both the Lord's Supper and fellowship meals. So you don't always know uh, if they're talking about one or the other or both, but they didn't know it would be at least 2,000 years before the Lord would come back. They probably were expecting him to come back in a few weeks. So they were probably celebrating quite frequently, whereas from our perspective, we realize well, it's probably not to, meant to be every week or two because the Lord isn't coming, at least from a historical perspective, he wasn't planning to come back in a month or two. Um, so as a pastor, what I usually did was celebrate three or four times a year. Uh, that, To me, that was frequent enough to keep the, the importance and the blessing, uh, but not so often that it just became a ceremonial ritual. And I also try to consider... Not everybody can be at every service. So if you only have it once a year and somebody is sick or out of town, they might go two years, and that's that's not good. So if you have it three or four times a year, um, and so once a quarter would be easy, or uh, a lot of times I would do it towards the beginning of the year kind of as a consecration, and then do it around Easter because that naturally lends itself to contemplating Christ's death. And then in the fall, as we began the school year, again, a good time of a renewal or you know heading to the future, consecration. Uh, sometimes we had a watch night service, and we would have communion and foot washing at that time. Uh, so I do believe that several times a year is, is generally good, but there's no hard and fast rule. Uh, I think it should be at least once a year, uh, maybe as much as once a quarter or once a month. But this is just my opinion. There's no absolute scripture. If you get more than once a month, I would be concerned that it becomes more of a ritual, uh, a ceremony with less meaning, 
and displaces other things that need to be emphasized in the life of the church. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share Apostolic Life in the 21st Century with a friend or family member. And make plans to join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.